I'm going to read verses 1 through 3 this morning. It says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an alms. And we talked a little bit about this last week. I'm not going to reiterate everything, but I think it's important that when, when we look at this, as we start this chapter 3, and we look at the, the scenario that, that's given to us here. And I think sometimes we, we read these things and we just kind of move on to the next verse, for lack of a better way of saying it. But when we look at this, there's, there's some things here that we can kind of gather and we can apply. You say, well, that happened a long time ago. It is very pertinent to us today, what we're reading here this morning. And, and everything, I would say, beyond a shadow of a doubt, maybe it sounds silly to you all, but everything that we read in God's Word, whether it's Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms, doesn't matter. It's all pertinent to us each and every day of our lives, whether we realize it or not. Because if we're not in a situation that we might read about, there is going to be a day when we will be in that situation or in a, in a situation very similar. And when we look at this man, you know, the, the, where he is, and I think sometimes, like I said, if we, when we look at this, where he is when Peter and John see him. And you think about this, and you think about where we were one day before we met Christ. Because that's where this man was. He was laying here. He had no hope. He had no hope of being healed. I mean, there was, no, there was no doctor or anybody there that was going to heal him. He couldn't walk. So he knew he had no hope in man. And I don't know if he, was a, if he was a follower of God prior to this or not. I don't know. But he had faith enough here in a little bit to believe in what God was going to do for him. He had enough faith to, for that. But you think about this, and it says that uh, he was laying. In verse 2, it says he was laying. He laid daily at the gate of the temple. And you think about how that he couldn't go in. You know, and, and he could get close, but he couldn't go in. And you know, no matter where we're at, before I got saved, I might have thought I was close to God. I might have been real close to the door, maybe, maybe, but I could never go in until I came to the realization that day, that night, that I needed Christ in my life. I mean, when I think, you know, like I said, when we read these verses, a lot of different places in the Bible, the entire Bible, it's very pertinent when we sit and think about where we are today in our lives. And so with that being said, you think about this, and he was looking, he had no help, or I'm sorry, he had no help in himself. He had to rely on friends. He had to rely on family. He had to rely on someone to get him there every day. As far as I know, I mean, I don't know if he could crawl or not, it doesn't say. But irregardless, he had to rely on, and once he got there, he had to rely on people, the generosity of people, to provide for him. Otherwise, he wasn't going to survive. So he didn't really have any hope in himself, just like us. So you think about this, and then Peter and John come along. And I'll just add here, as we know, it wasn't by chance that Peter and John just came along on this day at this point in time where this man was. And I'm sure when you think about it, there was a lot of people around that day, I'm sure. And we'll see that later on as we get farther into the chapter. But even as far as those that were begging 
and unhealthy, those that weren't able to provide for themselves. I'm sure he wasn't the only one that was there. So um, when we think about that, and then if, I'll just read uh, on down here in verse 4. And he says, it says, Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asking alms, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. You know, he thought, he thought sure when they stopped and looked at him that they were going to give him some little piece of money, you know, or you know, whatever the right term is, a coin or something. They were going to give him some type of a physical, something help, some kind of a help to help him, physical help. And, um, but Peter goes on and he says, then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. And listen to what he says here. But such as I have... Give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And it's important what he said there. He said, what I have, he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He didn't take, try to take credit for himself. He gave all the glory to the Lord. He gave all the glory to Christ. And, and when I was reading around over, you know, through some of this and, and reading some commentaries, um, there was a comment made how important... At this time, you know, just after Pentecost, but in the early years of the church, the early time of the church, how important it was, people had a desire to make sure the, the followers, the believers, had a real desire to make sure that the name of Jesus Christ was mentioned to people because they knew that it was in his name as what his, who, who was going to make a difference in their life. That's where the power was. If there was no power in them, even though they were being blessed, they were, they were full of the Spirit, they were serving him. They wanted people to understand, those around them that weren't, that it was Christ that had made the difference, and it was Christ that could make a difference in their lives. So um, he looks, like I said, he looks at these, these men, he looks at Peter and John, and he's looking for something physical. But what he received was something that's not even comparable to anything physical that we can, that we can imagine even today. And Peter said, I don't have any money to give to you. But he said, what I have is the power of healing from God. That's what he was telling him. I've got the power of healing from God. And not only that, God has told me to give that to you. I mean, now you think about that. I mean, that's a, and it says that, uh, and he says, like I said back here in verse 6, he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I think it's Philippians 2, 9. Let me flip over here, but it says that there's no other name. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to try to, I'm going to read it to you. Let me get here. Philippians 2, 9. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. You know what? That's not, wasn't just for the Philippians to know. That's for us to know today. That's for everybody that's alive and breathing today to know that there is no other name higher than Jesus Christ. No, there is no other name higher. There is no greater power. You know, when we're, I, I thought there's times when, when we can't, we can't pray for, you know, maybe we can't get it out, what, what our problem is, if we're in, in, in a dire need of something, or just whatever the situations might be, or where we are, whatever. But you know what? We don't, all we've got to do is say, Lord, you know what? He's, he's right there. I mean, he's right there. He's always and there's power in his name. And 
I thought about that because, again, Peter said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And I thought about the power of Christ, the power that he has, and how he even tells us, he told them, the people, when he was alive on this earth, the power that he had, the power that was available to him. He even shared that with people and told them about it. And I just want to share a couple of, of instances of that because I think, I think it's important for us to remember as believers that, you know, sometimes life gets hard. You know, sometimes there's, you know, if, if we've been on this road very long, life is just, there's struggles. There's, there's, there's problems. Everything's not easy all the time. Man, it's great when it is. It's great when, when you can just smile and laugh and just sit back and relax and not have to worry about nothing. But unfortunately, those times are probably a whole lot less. And I'm not saying worry about everything, but what I'm saying is life is life. Life is real. Life is reality. When you become an adult, you come to realize, and when you get a little bit older, you really come to realize that life has challenges in it. And life has things that we've got to deal with. And I'm glad, boy, I'm glad that 20-some years ago, I met the one that's helped me to get to where I am today through all these things that come along in life. Without him, I can assure you, I wouldn't be here right now. I wouldn't be here today. And I might not even be alive and I not turn my life over to him. And I'm sure that there's, those, some of you all sitting here this morning could probably say the same thing. But his power, and in Luke 8.25, I like this because, you know, I, when we read these, I think... Uh, if we can just put ourselves and think what these men, how overwhelming and how amazed they must have been at some of the things that they were able to witness when they spent time with Christ when he was here on this earth. I mean, I just think it's, and we read it, and I think sometimes we, I'm just going to say it, I think we take it for granted. I think we just kind of like read it, and we don't, we don't let it, I mean, I'm telling you, these men experienced this. It's real. And when we experience his presence, we know, right? I mean, when, we, when, he, when he comes close, we know he's around. I mean, he's here with us this morning, don't get me wrong. But when he comes real close to us personally, we know when he's here. I mean, we know that because he has a presence like no other presence because it's his power. It's his power. And in Luke 8.25, this is when they were out on the, on the boat, and Jesus had told them, Basically, and I'm going to paraphrase here a little bit. Give me a little bit of room. Let's go get on the boat and let's go across the, let's go across the lake. That's basically what he said to them. And he says in verse 24, and he says, And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered. And I'm sure I would have been afraid if I'd have been there. I mean, he'd, he'd, he'd been telling me, where's your faith at? I mean, no doubt. But this is what they said. They said one to another, what manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and water, and they obey him. He's got power over nature. He created it, and he's got power over it. He created it. I guarantee he's got power over it. And um, in John chapter 10, Verse 17, Jesus himself speaking, this is what he said. 
tell you what, if this doesn't stir you up, I, I, I'll, we might as well just go home. It says, therefore, doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I like this. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my father. Even Jesus gave credit to his father. I mean, he even gave credit. I mean, just like the disciples and, and, and those that were close to him, when there was a miracle done or when there was something great done, they gave credit to Christ, not to themselves. And even Jesus gave credit to the Father here. But um, he's telling us power over nature, power over his own life. And then in Matthew 28, flip back over here. Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus himself said, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. I tell you, if you're struggling, I don't know about you all, but when I read a verse like that, that tells me, you know what? I can get through. I can make it. No matter what the situation might be, no matter how hard it might be, no matter how unpleasant it might be, no matter how difficult it might be, he's the one, he's got control of it, and he's got the power, and he'll share that power with me and with us if we're believers, and he'll help us, and he does help us. I mean, he helped us get here this morning, right? I mean, and you say, well, I didn't have any issues this morning. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. <laughs> I mean, that's good. I'm glad we didn't either. But you don't, we don't know what's coming. We don't know what's coming later on today. We don't know. <laughs> it is. It is. And, and I think, excuse me, I've said it before, and, and we've got we've to be careful that we just, it just doesn't become a ho-hum thing. I'll just put it that way. I mean, it, it should never be a ho-hum thing. I mean, it's the Lord has moved in to our lives, and we need to be thanking Him for that each and every day. I mean, I fail Him. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to stand up here and act like I'm never failing. I do. But boy, I tell you what, when I do, I'm ashamed of it. I can tell you that. And, uh, but he's right. That's right. That's right. Yep, that's right. But you think about his power. I mean, he, and we know he created everything, okay? But in, in infinite power. And when he was on the earth, when he was walking the earth, and the people that saw him, I mean, they saw the power he had, the miracles, the, the healings, all these things that he did. And you think of all this, how he displayed all this amazing God-given power during his life on earth. But there was still one little thing that was missing, if I can put it that way. Because he just told us in this verse in Matthew 28, 18, but through the power of his resurrection, now he's got he said himself, he's got all power. I mean, there's no limit to that. When he says all power, there's no limit to that. And I mean, in heaven and in earth, no power. And because he got up, one of these days, if I, if I die before the Lord comes back, he's going to raise me back up. I've got that hope this morning. We've all got that hope this morning. And I mean, that is just, what do you say? It's wonderful. I mean, it's great. I mean, it, and just to know that he cares about us that much. I mean, that is just, that's just, I don't know. It's just overwhelming to me. But his power 
There is no limit to his power. And like I said, that's how we're going to get through this thing. That's how we're going to live for him. That's how we're going to serve him. That's how we're going to get through life every day is realizing that it's his power. It's not us. When I try to rely on me, man, I, it's a train wreck right off the bat. I'm telling you. and I'm, that's not a, I'm not trying to be funny. That's a fact. When I rely on myself, when I look to rely on Greg and, and start letting the self say, well, we can figure this one out, that's a big red flag, and, and I'm telling you, it's his power, it's his guidance, it's his presence, his direction is what makes all the difference in the world for all of us. So, that's right, that's right. Even, even to a believer, that, I mean, well, it's definitely to a non-believer, it's very difficult for them to, they can't understand it. It's even difficult to try to explain. But yes, I agree. But we know it's real. There ain't, I mean, this isn't some kind of like dreamed up mystical thing that, that people want to publish and purport. And I'm not going there this morning, but you know what I'm saying. This is factual, okay? Because right here, right here is all the facts we need this morning. It's the Word of God and it's His truth, and that's all we need. You trust this? I found that, I mean, I can tell you, I don't know much. I mean, I, I'm, I used to, I mean, I still say it. I'm not the sharpest tool in the box. Okay, but I'll tell you what, this, work, this book right here, it's, it, it'll help you. And it's the, it's the truth. There's no doubt in my mind it's the truth. No doubt in my mind. And uh, he's given it to us because he wants to share his truth with us. I just can't, I don't know. Uh, let me move on. So I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I'll tell you what, he's worth repeating. I mean, if we don't have anything else to talk about, we all want to talk about him. I'll tell you that. So, all right, verses 7 through 11. And he says, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which set for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John... All the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And think about this. I mean, verse 7, Luke wants us to understand what happened in detail. I mean, he's very, he's very careful to tell us exactly what happened. And this man's feet and ankles, they wouldn't, evidently, they would not support his body. I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't stand on them. And I don't know if this man could crawl on his, on his knees or if he had to be carried everywhere. I don't know. But Luke wants us to understand that his feet and his ankles, they didn't function properly. Okay? They, he didn't, they didn't have strength. They didn't function properly. He couldn't walk. But when Peter reached out his hand to this man, and this man took Peter's hand, you think about this. The power of God moved into this man's body, and it healed him immediately. It didn't, take, it didn't take any time for that to happen. It was an immediate thing. He was healed immediately. And Luke tells us that the man's feet and his ankle bones immediately received strength. And again, there's power in the name of Christ. And you think, spiritually speaking, every person, every one of us that was lost one day, and every person that's lost today is lame when it comes to trying to walk for, the, for God. You can't, you can't do it. You can't do it on your own. And, um, 
But with Christ, we can, and only with Christ we can. I mean, that's the thing. And I read somewhere where it talked about Adam, how that Adam, we all heard the term, Adam took a fall. But when he fall, when he fell, he, he couldn't walk. His fall removed him from being able to walk with the Lord. I mean, you think about that. And you think, again, the pertinence of this example that we're given here, this lame man that couldn't walk, and the same thing with us. Before we got saved, we could not walk with God. We could not have a relationship with him until Christ came in. So there's power in Jesus Christ, like I said, that exists nowhere else in the universe. There is no other power anywhere else that exists that's more than what Christ himself is. And because it's power from heaven. I mean, that's why. It's very simple. You say, why does he have so much power? Because it's from heaven. I mean, but um, Luke 24. Let me turn back here for a moment. Luke 24, verse 49. And again, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, And behold... I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem, and listen to what he said, until ye be endued with power from where? From on high. I mean, it only comes from one place. The power we're talking about, it only comes from one place. That's the only place, from on high. So the apostles, they'd seen this divine power displayed in the life of Christ. They'd seen it. They had seen it. And now... That same power has been, has been transferred to them through the Holy Spirit um, to enable them to carry on the work. I mean, that was the whole purpose. The whole purpose of Pentecost and the Spirit coming was for the work of Christ to continue. The whole reason we're here this morning. I mean, it's great to be in His house, okay? And it's great to have fellowship, and I'm thankful for it. But the reason we're here is to carry on the work that he started when he, was, when he walked the face of this earth some 2,000 years ago. It's to continue the work. And he, the Spirit enabled them to carry on the work that Christ had started. You know, and I thought about how what a short period of time that they had with Christ. I mean, I don't know exactly how long. I mean, but I don't know that they had the full, what, his ministry was three, three and a half years, give or take. I mean, ballpark rough numbers. I'm not convinced that the apostles had that full three, three and a half years with him. I mean, and, and we'll maybe get into that a little bit, but how in that short period of time, even if they were with him for that full three, three and a half years, how that he shared with them the power and the knowledge that would be the foundation for them to carry on the work that he started. I mean, the foundation's critical. I mean, you know, without a foundation, you don't have anything, you know, no matter what it is, you're, you're, whatever you're doing, no matter what you're talking about, I mean, you don't, you don't have good speech, you don't have any good kind of reasoning if you don't have a foundation to base any of that on, you, you don't have anything. And um, I went back and, and I kind of thought about, if we go back over here to Acts 3, where we started, and get back here, back to verse 1. And, and I thought about verse 1 where it says that Peter and John went up together. And I thought how that 
Luke wanted us to know that they were together. There was a reason for that. And the Bible reveals to us um, that these men, that Jesus had put these men together. He put these men together at different times throughout their lives. And um, for very specific purposes. And, and I don't know about you all, but sometimes I've probably read these things before and just kind of like, kind of let them slip a little bit, so to speak. And then when I started reading about this, kind of brought it back to memory. But when you think about it, for example, Mark 1, Mark chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 4 tell us that Peter and John were fishermen. Okay? Just kind of give you a little, little, a little summary here. And then each, that each man, each one of them had a brother. Simon Peter's brother was Andrew, and John's brother was James. It's, we're, we're told that their brothers were fishermen also. They, they worked with them. They fished with them. And the Bible also tells us that Peter and John met Jesus. They met Jesus back in chapter 1. Y'all can check me out. You go back there and, and read. They met him. They met him as a result of, I believe it was Andrew, if I remember right. Josh, you can correct me. I think it was Andrew that was with John the Baptist. And they were, I don't know if they were actually present, but John the Baptist pointed Jesus out to them. And from that point forward, he came and he told his brother Peter. That's the first time, from what I can, from what I can see, that's one of the first times that they met Jesus. So they knew who he was. They knew who he was. And they, um, let me find my spot. That was in John chapter 1. And you think about from that point in um, Matthew chapter 17, the transfiguration. Who was there? Peter and John were there, along with James. You think about Luke chapter 5. Again, it tells us that Peter and John, they were partners in the fishing business. They weren't just fishermen. They were partners. They were, these men were, I mean, it was, it was their livelihood. John chapter, or I'm sorry, Luke, Luke chapter 22 tells us about that Jesus had Peter and John go and prepare the room, go and prepare the Last Supper. And then in John chapter 20, who ran to the, who ran to the empty tomb that morning? Peter and John. So, I mean, Peter and John, or when, when you go back and, and you read about these men, it is just amazing how that, just because they were, they recognized, let me just put it that way, because they recognized who Jesus Christ was when they met him, how that impacted the rest of their life in a, in a wonderful way, and how he used them in such a wonderful way, because all coming back to the fact that when, he, when they first saw him, they recognized him for who he was, the Messiah, the Son of God. And from that point forward, their lives were forever changed. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit there for this morning. So I hope that uh, hope we got a little something out of it this morning.